Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that's always stuck on Highway 13, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? God, what a terrible place to be. I know. It was so boring. There wasn't even anything there. It's like two cars there. <sighs> and a truck. Yeah. And a diner. Well, Brandon, I would talk to you some more, but we have another special guest this week. Who is it? <laughs> it's Mr. Troy. Hey, Troy. Hey, guys. Uh, I- I'm okay. Welcome back. Well, Troy, we haven't had you on since the tale of a door unlocked, which at this time of recording, you guys just covered on the blog. Yeah, we did just last week. That's um, sort of like, that's my bread and butter episode now. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody swarmed to it. They're like, oh, it's the guy from yeah. the show. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one episode, are you afraid of the dark? Troy knows. It's the tale of a door unlocked. That's the Troy episode. So how are you doing today, Troy? Yeah, I'm okay. It's uh, winter in Florida, which means it's super dry, but um, sweater weather, which is nice. Oh, I have a sweater on right now, Troy. (laughs) Brandon probably doesn't. I think it's sweltering over there. So what you been up to lately, Troy? Anything cool happened in your life recently? I just gotta ask. Well, I spent the last year and a half making a uh, no-budget movie. Oh, get out of here. 2019, I decided, you know, I've got no... uh, no money or um, equipment or anything. It's the perfect mm-hmm. time for me to make a feature film. Nice. So, um, <laughs> that's what we did with the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. So let me just make something out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a um, horror anthology. It's two hours long. Um, it's got like a, uh, like a horror host introducing the shorts. Like it's like some late night local cable access show. Sweet. Um, it's eight stories. You know, I filmed them on my phone with uh, cheap cameras, with this cheap microphone I'm using right now. Awesome. Some of them are, um, there's two of them are animated, different animation styles. Did you do the animation? I did everything. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, man. (laughs) Yes. I uh, edited that. How long did it take you? Uh, A year. Wow. Hey, at least we had that quarantine then get all that shit done yeah thank god for COVID 19 <laughs> yeah you sacrificed three hundred thousand people for your movie troy thanks god. well that sounds very on brand for this podcast i can't wait to <laughs> discuss it with Cortland. tear it down line by line yeah right what's it called it's called corpses cheap chillers Ooh, i like that. um i wanted to let people know right away that it's cheap no, I think people appreciate that, especially nowadays. It's something that people enjoy these days, I think. Like, there's nothing better than a cheap, like, death spa movie or chopping mall, you know? People love that shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I've been watching that stuff since I was, like, 10. <laughs> so, I don't know if you guys like horror anthologies, but I always have. <laughs> we do. Oh, as a matter of fact. We do, as it turns out. <laughs> so, um... I'm actually putting um, together the extra features for it because the the release I am um, putting it on YouTube for like free streaming. Mm-hmm. But then it's going to be uh, there's going to be a digital download option uh, through Gumroad that's going to have the movie and a bunch of extra features. There's like a 40 minute making of. Uh, there's a commentary track. Uh, yes, I love commentary tracks. Bloopers. Oh, yeah, they I need to make a comeback. The, yeah. I put some of the scripts, um, you know, PDF files. One of the shorts is uh, an animated, like, 1920s silent movie. Oh, that's cool. Kind of in the style of, like, uh, Tale of Midnight Madness, you know? That's awesome. And so I'm doing one of the features is I got voice actors to do it. And so I re-edited it with sound just as a little extra damn and you're gonna put this when is it gonna go up on youtube uh maybe this weekend <laughs> oh sweet oh. <laughs> so, sweet and when's it gonna be on oh. shutter <laughs> yeah right when all of your fans email shutter and ask them <laughs> about it <laughs> well that's awesome troy i'm really proud of you man that's some sweet stuff you got this are you afraid of the dark blog going right now where you're making incredible art and uh you got this movie uh, you're on your road to fame, you know. That's all I got yes. to say. <laughs> and I've, I've, I'm currently working on a comic book spinoff for my movie. <laughs> too. Wow. Nice. Because I'm like, people keep telling me my artwork is not terrible. So uh, your I'm Tia doing Tamara like, is so oh, good. Like, did Tia or Tamara geez. message you and say you have like shown me in the most beautiful light? 
<laughs> captured my soul. Yeah. Every morning I wake up checking my email and there's no nothing from the Maoris. Not even Taj. <laughs> I would like die. Saying, yeah, I need this. I need my sister that would be, to be Oh my god. <laughs> Can you can you draw me into the episode? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, here's a still of me next to Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. I want it. I want it in the T and Tamara style. <laughs> well, you know what, guys, we have we have an episode to get through today. Uh, do you guys want to start talking about the tale of the Reanimator? We can. I haven't seen that one. I thought we were doing Hungry Hounds again. <laughs> Uh, let me go pull up, but no. We're not doing Hungry Hounds again, Troy. Oh, damn it. Uh, yeah, I guess I could talk about Reanimator. All right, nice. So we just got done watching the tale of the Reanimator, and I'm going to ask... Hmm, I usually ask Brandon. Troy, what did you think of Reanimator? I liked it a lot. Oh, yeah? Do tell. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm hesitant because I was waiting to see if you guys were like, oh, this was piece of trash episode <laughs> well what did you think brandon did you like it it's good i liked it too all right good we're all, all right. in agreement okay. all right. oh god all right. i would hate to have a different opinion no, yeah no, i feel really. like one of the cool kids finally we have a couple of returning stars in this wild well, stars i mean we have a couple of returning people in this episode some returning humans yeah. yeah there's a lot there's a lot to love in this one that's good it's uh it's well acted the special effects are pretty cool um especially for the the season yeah, well, you know what? Yeah. I've been I've been happily impressed with the effects, it's especially been compared way to six. Better than last season, yeah. But there's some practical effects in this episode that look pretty great. Um, you know, there's some stupid decisions or whatever, but I think you can say that about every episode. So overall, oh, I was yeah. quite happy with it. It is finally a zombie episode. It only took seven fucking seasons, <sighs> but we finally got a zombie. Eighty episode. something episodes in, so we finally got the zombies. Yeah, we've had vampires werewolves mummies ghosts is there anything missing what haven't we had bigfoot (laughs) (sighs) i just keep teasing that damn bigfoot i can't wait till you cover the episode that's like the tale of bigfoot's revenge and it's and there's no bigfoot in it (laughs) oh there's gonna be like the tale of the angry shark and then you watch it and it's in the woods and there's bigfoot (laughs) But yeah, um, overall, I thought this episode was fun, um, yeah. and I don't know, maybe it's just, uh, I'm probably going to end up calling the main character Shelly at one point or another, because oh, yeah. uh, it's the same girl from Oblivion, and she looks Spoilers. pretty identical, because yeah. it's her, and like, I mean, she has like the same bun hair wrap and stuff, so if I end up calling her Shelly, I apologize, but I think it just any episode that she's in is just really good, apparently. Well, there's only one girl in this sh- episode, so we're not going to get confused. Right. right. And there's not a million characters like there was in Stone Maiden. God damn. Um, have either of you seen Reanimator from the 80s? Nope. No, I haven't. Is it very similar to the movie? I know that there's no. like the liquid, <laughs> it's, but... Oh, it, I mean, it's a uh, gory, R-rated horror comedy from uh, based on H.P. Lovecraft. Wow. So pretty so, much the same, then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you you get like the uh, the scientist, the lab coat, and the round glasses, who's created oh. this, you know, reanimation gel thing. So it's all of that, you know, is carried into this. That's cool. And the balls on them to just call it the tale of the reanimator. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And especially if you know, like, I mean, that's it's a fun movie, but it's gory like it's not a movie for kids so it's Quinn like if, at like eleven thirty p.m was like oh shit i gotta tell the story uh <laughs> just puts that movie on and like yeah. i'll just you know take it take the violence down a notch for vange <laughs> right it'd be like if the new series they're working on that had an episode called like the tale of saw <laughs> just talk about <laughs> Okay, so these two characters wake up in a bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, are you guys ready to just get into this episode? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So our our episode begins with some silly music kind of playing, and Vange walks down a path and is looking up in a tree. And she kind of smiles a little bit, and then Quinn walks up behind her and asks what they're looking at. And Vange points up saying, that. And the camera cuts back. I have to mention it, and we've mentioned (laughs) it so many times over... 
the series. Sure. But it is so goddamn bright in those woods. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it just keeps getting more and more bright. I went back and watched um, Tale of the Lonely Ghost on Instagram for, you know, uh, like it was last week. And yeah. even then, the woods were really, really, really bright. It's crazy. When they were like, what are you looking at? Like, Is it a spotlight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of is. No, Brandon, it's, Vanch points up at it, and we see that there's just this like, gigantic wasp nest. Or as they call it, a hornet nest. But those that's totally wasps. I love that she has a she has a death wish. <laughs> she says, "Yeah, that's, that's that's terrible. You do not go near those." I'm with every other member of the Midnight Society on this one. Yeah, I don't know what the hell she's thinking. Quinn asks if it's a hornet's nest, and Vange is all, "Yeah, I never seen one up close." Then she grabs a big stick and she's about to start whacking this thing. But Quinn's all, what are you, nuts? Yes. She tells him not to be a weenie and that it's been up there for months and it's empty. And she starts to just stab at it when Andy walks up asking what the fuck she's doing. She tells him that she's trying to knock down the hornet's nest. And Andy's all, oh, yeah, that's a big. And then he yells, what? And he runs away like a fucking sane person. Quinn tells Vance <laughs> to stop, but she doesn't as Megan and Tucker walk up on him. And Megan asks, stop what? Tucker notices what she's doing, and he runs away with Megan. Vange takes one last stab at this nest, and it falls out of the tree and right next to them. Quinn yells that he warned her and runs away, and Vange calls them all chickens, saying that nothing's going to happen, and then drops her stick and kneels down next to the nest. And she goes to grab it, but gets scared and, and runs away herself, and we hear some buzzing as we zoom in closer to the nest. Um, Speaking of Vange, real quick. Yeah. Um, I know you guys have, have talked about her name. At the risk of sounding like a know-it-all, do you want to know where her name comes from? Absolutely. Yes, please. Vange is short for Evangeline, you know, which is a French name. And she specifically is named after Evangeline McHale, DJ's wife. <laughs> well, now I feel like an oh. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. I didn't know that. No, yeah. We cut over to the campfire, and Vange runs up to all the other kids who stands up, and Quinn yells, you better not have that thing with you. And Vange is all, what if I did? And Quinn says that he'll make her sit on it. Vange says that he's just scared, but it's all broken up by Tucker, who's saying, Quinn, you got a story? And he looks at Vange. Yeah, back it's at about Tucker a hornet's saying, nest. Yeah, I got a story. Right, well, this is the second, so we're obviously we're doing this out of order, because we had two Megan stories, and then we had two Quinn stories. But, um... This is the second time where, like, it could have literally been anybody else's story, and Quinn's just like, oh, I got one. Yeah, I do love when they're just like, the whole start of a Midnight Society is about one character. <laughs> then somebody else is just like, it's my week. <laughs> Move over. <Yes. laughs> the kids all take their seat, Quinn at the throne, and he says, it's about messing with things that shouldn't be messed with. And Andy looks at Vance saying, like a hornet's nest. <laughs> Did you see that? Worse. He gets sassy with that line. <laughs> he does, he's It's a new season? It's a new Andy. Yeah, he gives her, he gives Quinn like side eye. And he's like, uh, the library is open, honey. He's like, <laughs> well, Quinn says worse, like life and death. Sometimes things are the way they are for a reason. And if you try to change that, you're going to get burnt. But there's one thing that the people in my story learned. It's that if you go looking for trouble, chances are you're going to find it. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story... The Tale of the Reanimator. Uh, That's when Tucker's like, um, I saw that movie on HBO last week. <laughs> yeah, well, Tucker's like 25, so he probably went to <laughs> right. Um, th That little introduction has nothing to say about April Fool's, so I don't believe any of it. Yeah. That's uh, the majority of what this episode is about. Yes. It's April Fool's for everything. Ugh. I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised that they haven't done it before. I know that they did in Super Specs, but having it be like, oh, April Fool's for, like, things that happen, I'm surprised that they didn't use it more often in the show. Well, I'm glad they didn't, because it's irritating in this episode. Yes. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's overused in this one, but it could have been used better in a different episode <laughs> yeah. yes yeah our story opens up to a familiar face that's pruning some plants in a big plant nursery and she pulls up a book called bonsai in your home she looks at her pruned plant and smiles and then the door to the shop jingles open did you notice the name of the this plant shop no what yes is it? it's called plant shop <laughs> oh my god 
that's one of those things I wish that they had like thrown in like a reference to Reanimator. They could have taken any character from that. They could have done yeah, anything. Done literally anything. <laughs> she looks over and she sets down a she sets down that book and she says, "Mr. Doyle, just the time. What do you think?" And she lifts the bonsai up for him to check it out. And this guy's got a lab coat on and he's got a shovel in his hand, so you know that he's a scientist slash gardener, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah, one of the same. scientists working yeah. in the plant shop. Exactly. Mr. Doyle just walks past her, so she calls his name again, and he looks back saying, Oh, Julie, I'm sorry. My mind is somewhere else. Any problems? And Julie tells him, Yeah, actually. And she gets caught off by him not listening, and he's saying, Good, good. I'll be in my workshop. Don't disturb me, all right? And he walks away, and she follows a little, asking what happened to these plants, because they're dead. And she lifts a clearly dead plant up, but he's gone. And she looks down on the ground, and there's some green goo left by Mr. Doyle's boots. So she crouches down, she touches it, she lifts it to her face and smells it for some reason, and then she <laughs> like walks over and into his workshop. Yeah, right? I thought she was going to like put it in her mouth for a second. I did too. <laughs> I thought that was the next step. Let me just smear this all over my face. <laughs> <laughs> she goes down some stairs and she gets close to a doorway where there's this laser beam security at the bottom. She doesn't notice <laughs> oh it. Oh my god. And The yeah, worst security ever. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but... That's okay. Who would this security work on? It's the not blind. an invisible laser. <laughs> it's not. It is a bright red, shiny laser, maybe an inch off the ground. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just like a light curtain or something. She creeps closer and gets a look at Mr. Doyle, who opens up a door to some plant room, and he's got this dead plant in his hands, and she keeps looking on as he checks out a clipboard, and then the door jingles. And we cut over to the store, and in walks two kids... One asking if she's working today, and the other says that his sister works every day. Back with Julie, she continues watching Mr. Doyle, and she's about to trip the laser beam when from upstairs her brother calls out, Julie, you here? And we get a look back and forth checking out the boys upstairs, and Julie, like, shushes them silently. And up with the boys, her brother grabs a razor blade and looks at her bonsai smiling. And the other boys he's investigating a sociopath. Yeah, he thinks it's yucky. He thinks the goo's yucky. Yeah, that... It's April Fool's, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I guess uh, all like bets are off on April Fool's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you notice um, on all those close-ups of the laser beam that Julie has, like, flower decal on yes. her jeans? Yeah. <laughs> Very 70s. I thought it was a really cool detail. She likes plants. Yeah, exactly. She does. Maybe she. Ha- maybe that's her, like, uniform for work. Yeah. He, Mr. Doyle, Mr. Doyle put those plants on her jeans. (laughs) When I'm not trying to reanimate my dead wife, I like to spruce up blue jeans. (laughs) Embroider flowers into jeans, whatever. In the room with Mr. Doyle, he's checking out his dead plant with a magnifying glass as Julie looks on. And then he just rages and he dumps everything on his table to the floor. And he sighs, and then he looks at another dead plant, and he sets it in front of him, and then raises up this mysterious light blue liquid in a vial. And he pipettes some of it, and dribbles a couple drops on the plant, and we see the plant regrow all of its leaves. I was glad he didn't put the pipette in his mouth. (laughs) Julie would (laughs) have. Yeah. (laughs) Julie looks on in amazement until her brother calls for her again, and she whips backwards, and she breaks the laser security light, and the door to Mr. Doyle's workshop closes. And he gets up and he looks out the Foiled window, again. but Julie is crouched down, out of sight. After he leaves, she runs up the stairs. Who gets startled and steps forward? <laughs> I don't know. I think she whipped around backwards and stepped yeah. backwards at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, it's awkward. <sighs> well, we got a couple of characters to meet, so you guys ready to see who these people are? Yes. Now, our main character, her name is Julie. Again, this is... Uh, every episode with a girl so far has been named Julie in season seven that we've done i don't know what they were thinking about naming all these characters julie but it happened what do you have against the name uh nothing but don't give me every character this is just back like in season two when everybody was billy (laughs) i just don't like it i like a variety of names i mean that's the point of the show isn't it some variety uh yeah anyway julie in this iteration is played by emma taylor isherwood who we last saw as Shelly from The Tale of Oblivion. And she gets to keep her underwear on this time. I forgot I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. That is best to be forgotten. <laughs> yeah. 
We covered most of her work in that episode, so I'm not going to repeat it. Did you find, like, I think she's really good, but yeah. did you hate taking notes this episode because she talks at double speed? Um, You know what? I didn't mind taking notes this time because there's a lot of points where there's not much talking and there's more action-y walking and stuff like that. So it didn't take that long. The ones that I don't like are the ones that are just word vomit episodes. Here's a tale about my World War II woes. <laughs> Yeah, I like to see, not hear, I guess. Yeah. So, I didn't mind this episode that much. It didn't take me that long to do the notes. Returning from The Tale of the Manaha is the voice of Arthur himself, Michael Yarmuch, who plays Julie's brother, Peter. And he looks so oh. different from what he did in The Tale of the Manaha that I didn't recognize him. No, I didn't either. Surprisingly. I think... I think this one, him and um, Highway 13, bro, Jake from Leprechaun, are the two like biggest changes in the series. Yeah, well, he doesn't look much taller, but he has completely different hair and like his facial structure look is different looking to me. And I watched this one at work and then I took my notes on it later. So I didn't look on IMDb first and Ugh. I watched the entire episode, looked on IMDb, saw it was fucking Jonah from Manaha. And I was like, no way. Well, there was a two-year break between seasons, and then this was the next one. So this was filmed about three to four years after. Even so. So you go from, like, 14 to 18, or, you know, 13 to 17, or whatever. Yeah, he wasn't the voice of Arthur anymore. He got kicked uh, off. He didn't give that incredible Manaha scream. Oscar Butt says anything goes on April Fool's. (laughs) Jake is the other kid in the flower shop, which is also a name that they use way too much, but mm-hmm. that's fine. And he is played by Philip Edels, who was in a couple of episodes of Goosebumps. And it looks like he's also done some animation for a couple of shows like The Book of Dog, Little Folk of the Arctic, and Foxed. On top of that, he's written and done the special effects for some shorts and other things that I've not heard of. Not that I heard of his animation. So anyway, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Mr. Doyle is played by Jean Leclerc who's been in a ton of French stuff starting back in the 60s. He was in All My Children from 1985 to 1992, and he appeared in a horror movie called Whispers from 1990. So he is a big horror movie actor. Yes, maybe. He was in that one thing. Wow. That was a Dean Koontz movie. It was, yeah. I looked up the trailer for it, and it looks kind of... It looks okay, I guess. I'm not going to watch it, but... It exists. (laughs) Alrighty, back in the shop, we see Peter spit out his gum and he sticks it into the hole of a birdhouse like a fucking little shit. God, we haven't had the little shit like this since Chameleons. Stupid red-haired kid. Out from the back pops Julie who says, Peter, you'll never believe what I just saw. And she stops and she looks over and she smiles saying, oh, hi Jake. And he walks over saying, hey. And Peter asks what she saw and she's all, oh, right, downstairs in Mr. Doyle's workshop. He took this blue stuff and dipped it on its plant and it started coming back to life and moving around like some sort of spider monster or something. It was unbelievable. Which isn't what happened, Julie. Nope, not even a little bit. The boys look at each other not believing the shit and Jake laughs a little saying, oh, I get it. And he lifts up a calendar saying, April Fool's, right? And Julie tells the guys, no. But Peter's all, that's the weakest April Fool's joke I ever heard. It's so lame. I thought there's no way that could ever be an April Fool's joke. (laughs) (laughs) julie tells them it's not a joke but they're all like nice try and peter tells her that mom and dad are going out so we're getting pizza all right and julie's all yeah and peter tells her extra cheese half pepperoni half spider monster plants and jake and peter get a good giggle (laughs) out of that one and off they go (laughs) did you notice that the um that the calendar is so fake (laughs) oh yeah it's incredibly yeah the official plant shop calendar (laughs) and it, it's so fake that it says April has 30 days or 31 days instead of 30. <laughs> Damn. I love Maybe it. that's a French Canadian thing. Julie walks a step over and picks up her bonsai tree saying, Peter. And we look and he's cut it all the hell and a door slams. So Julie walks over and looks out the window and we see Mr. Doyle walking down a pathway with a big bag and a shovel in his hand. Nothing suspicious there. No. We cut, and it's dark outside now, and the clock tells us that it's 6 o'clock, and Julie walks over to the door, and she locks it, and she shuts off the light, and she takes off her apron and gets her school bag, and we look again at the clock ticking for some reason, for like a long time, I don't know why. Do you want to know a little trivia about that clock? (laughs) Well, yeah. Lay it on me, man. The, um, I, I won't tell you which one. There's an episode later in the season 
that they use the exact same shot of the clock. Really? Keep my eye out for that. So, uh, oh, yeah. Why? Clearly, the editor was like, oh, man, I could really use a shot of a clock. <laughs> Let me use the plant <laughs> shop one. <laughs> so something starts banging on the window, and it looks like a tree branch, but Julie ignores that, and she hears a knock on the front door. So she calls out that they're closed, but the knocking continues. And then Julie calls out for Mr. Doyle, saying that there's somebody at the door. And then from the back room, we see a figure. And Julie's all, Mr. Doyle? And the front door knocks more. And then there's this banging from the back room. Then it continues on for a little bit until Julie runs to the front door. And she starts to unlock it and then looks down. And we see a vine of a plant start moving from under the door frame. It's Tara Lipinski again. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. She backs up and up comes this human-sized plant. That stands up in front of her and she screams and she runs to the door and she unlocks it and opens it up to another human sized plant monster. So at this point, I was thinking the same thing that the boys were thinking about her so-called April Fool's Day prank, that this is so lame that it couldn't be the real plot of the episode. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm we're not getting plant not. monsters, are we? <laughs> if, if there was plant monsters, they totally would have killed her at this moment. Yeah. She yells for it not to hurt her, and then she gets quickly surrounded, and she crouches to the ground screaming. The lights flick on, and Peter yells, April Fools! And him and Jake laugh at her because the monster plants were just a silly costume. So I, I like that these two teenage boys, their day consisted of okay, school ends, go stop over at her place of work to tell her they're getting pizza, mm-hmm. then go home and sew and stitch together an intricate... <laughs> <laughs> full head to toe plant costume and this is all in like retaliation for in their minds her april fool's day prank of being like hey i saw a spider plant monster downstairs <laughs> they went yeah. home and they stewed in anger and were like fucking did you hear when she said there was a plant monster downstairs we gotta we gotta get her yeah let's make her think she's going to die <laughs> Jake apologizes, saying that Peter made him do it, and Julie calls them creeps. Peter's all, hey, just getting you back. Mm-hmm. Is Jake the most wishy-washy character ever? He's, yeah, he wants yeah. Peter to they, like they are, him, but he also are, wants Julie He's to cackling make out with him. glee <laughs> when they make fun of her. And then she's like, I'm not happy. And he's like, whoa, sorry. Peter made me do it. Five seconds later, he's like, well, calm down, bitch. Like, it's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peter says that they're just getting their bag, and Julie wants to know for what. And Peter tells her for trying to April Fool them with that dumb monster plant story. If you're going to do April Fools, do it right. Julie tells them again that it wasn't a joke and that she'll show them. And Peter tells her to just give it up and that she's way out of her league. So he tells Jake to come on, so they leave. But Jake walks up to Julie saying, look, just let it go, all right? We were joking around. Yeah. <laughs> and he hands her the plant costume and starts to leave as Julie yells, I can prove it. I take back my apology. <laughs> he's, like... <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, I didn't really notice it until you pointed it out, but he kind of sucks a lot. So she grabs her bonsai tree and she yells that he ruined it. And then Julie kind of rolls her eyes a little. And she throws the plant costume to the side and he walk and she walks down into Mr. Doyle's workshop. In the workshop, Julie calls for Mr. Doyle and she walks over to a picture of a woman in a wedding gown. And she says out loud, Mrs. Doyle. And she picks up the wedding veil near the picture, then sets it down and walks over to a big door. I thought she was going to put the wedding veil on. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> but really just give it a little taste. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just shove it's this the in my mouth. I know about things. <laughs> She's got to try it on. She looks around to see if anybody's there to open up this door, and then she hears a noise, and it's Mr. Doyle. So she ducks behind his desk, and he walks up, and she looks up and sees him smiling at her, and then he, like, pleasantly asks her what she, why she never told him that she was interested in his experiments. And I was really surprised at this, because he seems like such a nice man. Yeah. I love him. I expected him to be like, how did you get past my security? Yeah. (laughs) But he's not. He's really, he seems to be really nice. Like, throughout the entire episode, he's pretty nice. He's not the, you know, mad scientist, evil, trying to take over the world with an army of plant monsters that you think he might be. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Well, Julie's all, well, you've been kind of, I mean, things have been kind of weird and the motion detector, but he laughs and helps her up saying, come on, 
If you're that interested, I'll show you. I know the rig door is a little much, but I don't want my competitors knowing what I'm up to. None of his competitors can step higher than six inches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, his competitor at Flower Barn, you know. <laughs> right. His arch nemesis has a limp, so he has it right there. <laughs> Julie tells him that she's really embarrassed, but he says, don't be. All you had to do was ask. So Julie smiles at saying, okay. okay. What are you doing down here? So Mr. Doyle tells her an experiment. You could call it kind of a super fertilizer. Now just watch. And we see Mr. Doyle take another pipette of that blue liquid and he dribbles it on another dead plant that sprouts to life. And it's just got a bunch of green leaves on it. And Julie says, it's coming back to life. And the CGI is, is decent. It's not bad. It is. Yeah, I thought it was great. Like I said, I think that all of the effects in season seven so far are like leaps and bounds better than six. Yeah. Season six, they just learned what a computer was and they were figuring things out. But now... You know, they got Windows 95. It's all good. They got paint working. (laughs) (laughs) Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your plant shop employee. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our show. Whether this is your very first episode or you're a longtime fan, we appreciate you spending some time with us. If you're looking for some more laughs that really enhance our show, check us out on Twitter at PRVT Island and on Instagram at Private Island Presents. We work hard on making tons of memes, videos, GIFs, and more for every episode. We've been making abridged episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, which are one-minute episodes of the show filled with jokes, homemade sound effects, and are overall just a ton of fun to make and watch. So give us a follow and check them out. Every week we watch full-length episodes of the show live on Instagram, normally at 8 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. So check our stories for times and come out and have a goof with us as we watch the show. If you've missed any one-minute episodes from Season 6, there's a supercut uploaded on YouTube for you to enjoy. So subscribe to our YouTube and check out what we're making. A link to all of our socials and YouTube can be found in the episode description. You'll also find a link to our Discord server, so feel free to join up and chat with me there. If you're looking to support the show, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash private island. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get instant access to early release episodes, a shout out in each episode, and more. Higher tiers have more rewards, like access to our bloopers and outtakes, book readings, quick fright horror movie reviews, and more. I have some ideas for even more bonus content to add, so just stay tuned. I'd like to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Eddie, Mia, and Tristan. The Silver Goth, Shane, Stephen, Matt, Kaylee, and Jerilyn. The Golden Day Days, Bryce, Angela, Faith, and Sarah. And the Platinum Bostics, Kathy, Evelyn, and Matt. Thanks, everyone. Our show wouldn't be the same without you. This episode, we had a chance to talk with Troy again about Are You Afraid of the Dark? In the description below, I will have a link to Troy's Are You Afraid of the Dark blog, as well as a link to his full-length movie on YouTube, Corpsey's Cheap Chillers. I hope you check it out and enjoy. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show. Aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. For now, I'll let you get back to the show. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye! Julie says it's coming back to life, all astonished like, and Doyle tells her that it's reanimated. And we watch the plant grow a vine, and it goes to grab the vial of blue liquid. And Mr. Doyle laughs at it, saying it's like it knows what it needs to regenerate. And he walks over to a door, and he opens it up to this, like, red room, kind of like in Dangerous Soup. And we sit back with Julie, who touches a leaf, and it leaves behind some goo. So Mr. Doyle returns, and she asks what the gooey stuff is. And he looks at it, saying, oh, that's a harmless byproduct. And he's got some gloves on now, and he's got this thermal container in his hands like you'd use to put coffee in, kind of. And the vine shatters the vial containing the liquid. So Mr. Doyle pours whatever's in the thermos on the plant, and then it withers and dies instantly. Is that what it is in Reanimator 2, Troy? They just dump water on a zombie and it dies? (laughs) No. Oh, okay. Quinn didn't watch till the end of the movie. (laughs) He's seen the blue liquid. He's like, like, they're zombies, I get it. (laughs) I get the plot, it's fine. (laughs) Move on. (laughs) Julie takes a look at him saying, if you can reanimate plants, can you reanimate other things? Mr. Doyle looks at her, then at the plant. Sometimes, Julie, dead is better. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) 
this is the part where he gets a little upset and he's like you know telling her it's time to go and he takes his dead plant away and julie looks at the picture of mrs doyle again she snatches a vial of the blue liquid and she walks away she stops as mr doyle says that he'll see her tomorrow after school she's all all right after school tomorrow good night and then she runs away upstairs and she stops and she looks around for a second and then walks over and picks up the phone she dials the number saying to herself peter please be home and she looks up and she grabs a picture on the wall of mr and mrs doyle as peter picks up the phone she says peter it's me you gotta come back to the shop i know i know but it's that stuff i told you about it works it's real it brings stuff back from the dead and i think mr doyle's gonna try and use it on his wife because she died last year as we all know (laughs) she died last year loves that exposition We cut and we're outside and in a cemetery and we pan up to the grave of Mrs. Doyle and Mr. Doyle is there and he's petting the headstone. That's a creepy little shot. It's been a year, Mr. Doyle. (laughs) Move on. Mr. Doyle, don't you remember how your wife died just last year? (sighs) It was was an April Fool's just like today. (laughs) I, I like the exposition dumps. I think they're hilarious. And she sells it. Like, she's a solid actress. She's good. Yeah, I like her. Yeah. Back from commercial, we're with the kids, and they're walking outside, and it's pretty wintry out. And Peter tells Julie that he's only going along with this because he cut her, because he cut up her little tree. And Julie says, I'm telling you, he's got this, like, shrine to his wife. <laughs> Jake he. asks if she died, and Julie tells him about a year ago. And that Yes, we know. I mean, there was, there was supposed to be an ad break there, but when you just watch it without the ad break... Her two lines are pretty much the exact same back to back. Yeah, it's, it's annoying. Because she tells him, yeah, about a year ago. And and that stuff I told you about, it generates DNA. She's like, I'm telling you, he's going to do it. He's going to bring his wife back from the dead. And Peter stops saying, "Uh, okay, so where's the punchline? And he grabs his hand and walks away. And now we're over with Mr. Doyle. And he's using his shovel to stand up. And he's still next to Mrs. Doyle's grave. And the kids walk up and they hide behind another tombstone. And Julie says, see? And Peter loudly asks how he got him to play along. And Julie shushes him. And Mr. Doyle looks around. And then the kids duck behind the tombstone. And he grabs his back and he, and he walks away. What is he doing? He he takes a bag filled with something, because it's it's got something in it, and a shovel. And he goes to his dead wife's grave, which and it's snowing. The ground's got to be pretty hard. And he just, like caresses the gravestone and then just takes his stuff and leaves i don't know what it i been. read it as him you know he he went there with the intention of digging her up and reanimating her but then reconsidered i don't know why maybe but i think that bag is filled with the juice just a bag of juice <laughs> bottles of juice <laughs> he's not juggling juice <laughs> Just a giant Capri Sun of, of the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure, you guys. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. He has a shovel. He was gonna dig her up. I thought maybe he was gonna plant some flowers, but it's winter, so that's stupid. I don't know. Like the intention is obviously that he's gonna dig up his wife, but I just don't think he does it because I think the kids go over to the grave and it's not dug up. No. The rest of the episode would have been very different. Would have been cooler, I think. Uh, yeah. The tale of necrophilia. Oh, God. <laughs> the kids get up and Peter's all, so much for your little April Fool's gag. And Julia tells him, it's not a gag. This stuff really works. It brings stuff back from the dead. And we see Julie pull out that vial of blue liquid. And Peter looks at Jake and says, okay, let's wake somebody up then. And he snatches the liquids and he runs away as Julie screams, No, Peter, stop it! And he starts reading off the tombstone saying, In loving memory, nah. Rest in peace, nah. Peter, stop! I'm serious! Come on, Pete, this isn't cool. May he be forgiven. Sounds like a bad dude. And he dumps the vial down on the grave saying, Rise and shine! And Jake grabs the vial away telling him, Enough of this April Fool shit. It's getting yeah, too right? weird. <laughs> exactly. That is what we are thinking. So was he was he looking specifically for a gravestone that was like this guy was shit? <laughs> yes. yes, yes, he like, was. Like in loving memory, nah. Like that's what ninety five percent of these things are gonna say. <laughs> like you, you got to be pretty lucky to get one. Like oh fuck this guy. Maybe there's dead. a prison nearby. <laughs> I don't. He know. He won the lottery on that. 
May he be forgiven. I've never seen a tombstone say that. Well, you have now. (laughs) Well, he walks away and Peter yells that she started it and he runs after him and Julie looks down at the grave for a moment before running away. And the camera pans down to the headstone that reads, Ian Kazix, may he be forgiven. And we hear some noise like acid melting into the ground or something. I'm not really sure to explain it. Yeah, there's like a little foggy type thing raising oh, yeah. from it. So it's yeah, supposed to be that it's seeping inside. I love that. So in the credits, he's just like zombie guy or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so that means that the script writer didn't name him Ian Kazix. Whoever made that prop tombstone. <laughs> yeah. Was just like, oh shit, he needs a name. <laughs> What's the most believable name I could put? <laughs> I know, Ian Kazix. <laughs> <laughs> we cut over to Julie and Peter's house, and Julie's pacing back and forth talking to herself, saying that nothing's going to happen, and it only works on plants, and there's no proof that, but she gets scared when she hears something tapping on her window, which is the second time that something has tapped on her window, right? In this one episode. Yeah, there's all kinds of tapping on windows. Yeah, but it's like the fifth Dutch angle. Oh, yeah, the Dutch angle. Oh, I didn't yeah. I didn't specifically mention the Dutch angles, but they are a little bit prevalent in this episode mm-hmm. compared to... Most. It works for this, I think. I agree. It didn't detract from it. Um, like, Sorcerer Apprentice was literally just captured in a Dutch angle. So The cameraman was just one short leg. He was leg. Dutch. He didn't know any better. <laughs> and this is how we film everything. We call this an angle. <laughs> she calls for Peter a couple of times while backing up towards her open door, and Peter comes up from behind her asking what? And she asks if Jake's outside, and Jake then comes up asking, what's the matter? And she says there's something outside the window. So Jake walks into the room, opens up her window shade, and it's just a branch slapping her window. And Jake says that this shit is getting old. And Mm -hmm. I put in that I agree. (laughs) So I must have been done with that. I'm fine with the tapping on the windows as a reoccurring theme and the Dutch angles as a reoccurring theme, but (laughs) they're just really... Really pushing that, like, oh, I don't believe you. Like, we're we're like 15 plus minutes into this episode at this point. Yeah. Something needs to happen. I have a question. We need to get to the point where everybody's on the same page. If, if this was not April 1st, if this was mm-hmm. any other day of the year, do you think the moment she was like, something creepy is happening, they would have been like, oh, shit, we believe you. Probably not. Because that's always their, uh, you can't be telling the truth because today is April 1st. Nothing happens on April 1st, except (laughs) that guy's wife dying. (laughs) Or did she? Peter tells her to call him when the pizza gets here, and then he walks out of the room. Jake walks past, and she says, Jake. This is my favorite line. She says, Jake. I'm not April fooling around. (laughs) I'm not April goofing. (laughs) This isn't April goofs, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i have never heard anybody say i'm not april fooling around no <laughs> that's not a thing you say it was my favorite line <laughs> jake's all sure jules and walks away and julie takes a sip of some water near her computer and on the wall we see the light through the window yes. and a figure walks past it but are julie you gonna mention her computer her yeah monitor? That, I, that's no, I'll so let you awesome guys do it I did see it, but I didn't put a note down, it so you guys It is gorgeous. It's like fairy wings, <laughs> purple and pink and glittery. It's like I a face mask for her monitor, yeah. She walks out of the hallway, and she looks out her window to see somebody walking a ways away. Which is weird, because like he was just right up next to her window, but whatever. Julie's all, hey, pizza guy. And she looks out through another window, and we see this guy walking up to her door. And she says, okay. You see a guy explicitly not holding pizzas. Yes. And he's like walking through the woods. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she opens up the door saying, okay, April Fool. And this gooey oh man God. is outside. And it growls at her and reaches out for her. So... She slams the door on his hand and she locks it. And she screams for Peter, who walks down the hall saying, Oh, about time I got here. I'm starving. And Julie turns around saying, No, don't open it. So he opens the door and he looks out at her like, What? And then asks where the pizza guy is. And he grabs his coat and walks out the front door when Julie screams for him not to go out there. Why would you do that? Slam the zombie's hand? 
No, but no, Peter thinks that the pizza guy is here. He really so is he hungry. So he puts a coat on and, like, leaves the house. Yeah, he's hungry. He's gonna go meet him at the car. Right. You know, okay, spoilers, they're, they never get the pizza, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's the whole subplot of this episode. Like, presumably that pizza man did deliver a pizza there, but they weren't there to get it. <laughs> yeah. So he didn't get paid, because in the 90s, you had to, like, give him cash. Outside, Peter calls out, hello, pizza dude, and Julie and Jake follow him out, and Julie tells him that it's not the pizza guy, it's the guy from the grave that you poured that stuff on. He looks back at her saying, will you give me a break? But Jake butts in saying, you know, I don't think she's kidding. Julie's like, I'm not. Would you guys listen to me? This is not an April Fool's joke. And we get this shot of Julie looking at Peter, and her eyes get a little wide, and she elbows Jake, who looks up and gets scared, and he points. And Peter tells him, not you too, I'm not falling for it. And Jake tells him that she's not kidding. So Peter is all, Oh, what? Now he's supposed to turn around and say, ah! And then a zombie grabs him. <laughs> and I, I wish it just bit his neck right then. <laughs> that would be really good. He screams, that would though. would be great. And it's nowhere near as good as the scream in Manaha. And then the kids run away and they're screaming. What do you guys think about the zombie in this episode? Like makeup-wise, <sighs> I guess? Um, I mean, it's no dead man's float. No, I wish it would have been a little more, I don't want to say gory because it's a kid's show, but you know, they've gotten away with showing some things. So, I mean, the story wise, it's rejuvenated, so it wouldn't true. have made sense if it was like skeletal. Yeah, true. Yeah. You're but right. like horror wise, I mean, they put like a scar on his face and the goo <laughs> and they, the, the goo. <laughs> they don't uh you know they don't like focus on him so they kind of keep him shadowy i i think it's passable i agree i think it's passable too well let's meet this guy uh the zombie is played by pierre auger his name is ian but they don't they don't they don't give him that i love that the zombie has like a full name <laughs> <laughs> he's got more of a name than all these children yeah <laughs> I didn't really have any notes for this guy, but he did the French dubbing of Finding Nemo. So, uh, great work, Pierre. Ah. I don't know what voice he did in it, but he was there. We cut back to the graveyard, and the kids stop at the grave of Ian, and there's a hole and some wooden coffin pieces. And apparently this dude was buried like six inches under the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, he was such an asshole in life, they didn't, like, give a shit. They just just did, like, one scoop of dirt, and they're like, good enough. shallow grave is fine hey somebody paid for his headstone and stuff though so yeah a spite stone (laughs) 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 true yeah they're like this guy sucks let's make his headstone passive aggressive headstones you you know they were talking to the ordering the headstone they were like okay uh i need this to say yeah this this real asshole piece of shit's dead awesome (laughs) and the guy was like ah man really (laughs) You gotta pay by the letter. Ooh. <laughs> we'll give you the Are You Afraid of the Dark versus Crypt Keeper you know, yeah. version. So they stop, and Peter says, Oh man, oh man, oh man. You didn't tell me this stuff actually worked. And Jake's all, Yeah, she did. And Peter says, Yeah, but that was an April Fool's joke. And Julie then says, You keep telling yourself that. And in the meantime, there's a zombie on the loose. And she pulls out that blue I'm liquid. I'm glad they again. used that word. Zombie? Yeah. They said the Z word. Mm, Yeah. But she pulls out that blue liquid again for some reason, and there's like a ton of it in there, even though Peter poured out like all of it, but whatever. And Jake says, May he be forgiven. And he's a bad zombie too. (laughs) He's a badass zombie with nothing to lose. (laughs) Zombie's a loose cannon. Shut your mouth. Hey, just talking about zombie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Peter asks what they're gonna do, and Julie's all, Mr. Doyle, maybe he... And then a glob of goo plops on her nose, and the kids look at it, and Jake asks what it is. Julie wipes it away, saying, it's the goo that... And then she looks up, and there's a fucking zombie man, and it's in a tree! (laughs) (laughs) It reaches down, and it grabs her arm. And and it's growling, and I don't know, what is she... What is he doing in that tree? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and what's great is they oh they like ran from him yeah to a tree and he's already 
in he's the in tree. The tree. <laughs> he like he must have teleported. I don't know. Yeah. He's in a fucking tree though. That zombie climbed a tree. <laughs> I don't know. Never seen a zombie climb a tree before. You never seen Ian Kazix before. (laughs) (sighs) Fucking Spider-Man zombie. I don't know. (laughs) The boys get her free from the zombie and then they start running away. And while they're running, Julie explains that the zombie wants the liquid and that's what's keeping him alive. And Peter suggests that they give it to him, but she yells, no! Jake suggests that they slow down since the zombie's not chasing them. And so they do. And then tells Peter that she's right and they can't just give it to him. They gotta stop it. And the kids stop in front of a pothole, and Julie looks down, exclaiming, Water! Peter's all, yes, so? And Julie explains that that's how Mr. Doyle killed the plant. He poured water on it. Cold water from the freezer. Peter gets the stupid idea of getting the zombie to step in this puddle, but Julie tells him that she thinks that they need a little more water than that. And Jake asks if there's a hose at Mr. Doyle's. And Julie says, yeah, and it's freezing cold out here. They don't have a hose at their house? then the gang heads back over to Mr. Doyle's. No, they don't. Any sane, normal person would have already taken their hose inside so it doesn't freeze and break. Because the last thing you want to do is just be in this endless cycle of spending money on hoses. Am I right? It's oh, yeah. Man. You can't leave a hose out like that. Yeah. All right. I guess that breaks the suspension of disbelief. This episode's garbage. <laughs> yeah. How di- Mr. Doyle is smart enough to reanimate <laughs> dead, but leaves a hose out in winter. I was with it until this. <laughs> We look and we see a long garden hose connected to a sprinkler, and Peter picks it up as Jake asks where the faucet is. So Julie tells him it's on the side, and he runs and goes over to it. And Peter unhooks the sprinkler from the hose and then attaches a nozzle so that they can give the zombie, like, a shower or something. He asks, what if the zombie doesn't come? And Julie holds up the liquid sand. He'll come, all right. We cut over to Jake, and he's got two hoses in his hands, and one's black, and one is the green of the hose that we already know that the hose is. And he throws the green one down and connects the black hose. Like an idiot. Over with Peter, he's trying to turn on the water, but it isn't going. And Julie's saying, come and get it, while holding the liquid up. And Peter yells for some water, and Jake yells back, I'm trying! And then he starts bashing the valve with a rock, trying to get it to turn. Because it's frozen. Because you don't leave hoses out. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. God. Back with Peter, he looks around saying, maybe he doesn't know where we are. And then the zombie stumbles up from the bushes and walks over to the kids. And Julie says, it knows. And the zombie shuffles over to the kids. And we see Jake bashing that valve some more. Julie taunts the zombie with a liquid. And finally, Jake gets, Jake gets the valve to turn, yelling, okay, you're on. But with Peter and Julie, she yells, no, we're not. And we see that the hose is not spraying any water on the zombie. And it gets closer. And we see Jake change the hose out for the, for the right one. And then the water turns on and sprays the zombie, which was probably very cold for this actor. Oh, my! I, yeah, I wrote that poor actor yeah. <laughs> getting hosed in a Canadian winter. Because you know that they're really outside in the, in the freezing cold right now. Oh, And the yeah. zombie falls to the ground like it got shot, and then it starts convulsing. Jake walks up and Peter asks what took him so long, and Jake's all, easy man, we got him, didn't we? And Julie takes a few steps closer to the zombie, and then it springs back to life with a groan, and the kids scream, and they run into the shop and down the stairs to the workshop. Peter asks why it didn't work, and Julie says that she don't know. All he did was take some cold water from the freezer. He went inside, and he got some ice-cold water, and Jake opens up the door to that red room saying, Julie, you ever look in here? And the kids walk over, and Julie steps into the room saying, Hot! It's a hot box. It wasn't cold water. It was hot water that killed the chemicals. And Peter's all great. So all we have to do is wait around until next summer. And then they hear a knock from the door and the oh, zombie is Peter trying to bust is worthless. He kind of is, isn't he? His best idea this whole episode is let's make the zombie stand in a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> and wait until summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. There are other ways to get hot water, it turns out. They could have just used the tap in their house, but nope. <gasps> oh. That's an idea. Okay, so I've played Zombies Ate My Neighbors, so clearly this water is, like, the flawless plan, right? Yeah. 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 That tracks. Julie turns around and looks at Peter saying, someone needs to hide inside the hot box. Peter's like, I'll do it. And Julie hands him the bottle with the liquid saying, as soon as the zombie's in here, lure him inside. Jake and I will hide and close the door behind you. And Peter's all, what? With me inside? <laughs> Julie <laughs> says, the heat should stop it. Peter's all like, should. Yeah, take one for the team. It's fine. It's fine. Brandon, if you trapped me in a room with a zombie, I'd be really mad at you. Not for very long. (laughs) Yeah, because the zombie would die, right? (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because the door busts open and the zombie comes in. And Jake and Julie run into Mr. Doyle's workshop room and Julie yells, watch out for the laser beam. And they trip it and the door slams shut behind them, leaving Peter alone with a zombie. (laughs) That laser beam is a lot more successful than I gave it credit for. Mm -hmm. Nobody steps higher than six inches. (laughs) With Peter, he just stares at the zombie as the kids call for him to move. And he continues staring at it while they yell for him to get in the hot box. And then the zombie gets really close and finally... He freaks out and he opens up the door that the two kids just ran into. And then there's a plant monster behind it and he screams and he runs into the hot box. And the zombie shuffles and follows him inside. And we see Jake and Julie take off the plant monster costumes. So the security laser just closes the door, doesn't lock it. You can just open it up. Um, Yeah. Okay. He is an Checkers. awful... <laughs> Mr. Doyle is an awful security systems. Uh, awful plants botanist. plants only. Um, he knows how he's a necromancer, not a mechanic. So there's some sweet shots of the zombie shuffling closer to Peter until he stops and then it starts writhing and he turns to go back out of the room because it wants to live. But Julie and Jake slam it in its face. <laughs> That's such a. Were you feeling for the zombie? <laughs> a little bit. Like it wants that blue liquid to stay alive, but it knows that it's going to die in this room. So it's like, oh, fuck. And then it tries to get away, but two fucking brats slam the door in his face. I just wish in his dying breath he was able to kill Peter. If only. He bangs on the door a little and then groans and sinks to the floor and fucking melts. (laughs) And Mr. Doyle comes walking down the stairs asking what the hell is going on. And he walks up to Julie and Jake holding his door closed. And Julie opens up the door and we see the (laughs) melted corpse of Ian Kazix. The camera pans up to Peter standing there staring and he starts to dry heave. And then he runs out of the room saying (laughs) he's going to puke. That was awesome. Good. <laughs> Honestly, if like a zombie melted in front of me, it's probably it reeks. Is it you're in a hot box? Yeah, it'd be nasty. Yeah, zombie soup. Ooh, <laughs> Doctor Vink is like ah uh, six hundred dollars <laughs> for my zombie soup. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Doyle gets a closer look at this human corpse. And he touches <laughs> it. And he looks at the goo, and then at the empty blue bottle that's next to it for some reason, and he says, oh, what have I done? And he gets up and he stands next to Julie, who tells him, sorry, Mr. Doyle, this is my fault. And he shakes his head saying, no, it's his fault, and it's wrong to meddle with fate. And this experiment is over. And we see Jake look at the corpse, and then the scene fades. <laughs> He's like, wow, I did figure out the secret to life and death. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I guess I'll move on to uh, plants tomorrow. <laughs> He's got a business to run, man. He can't let it get in his way. It's a very like pinky in the brain type of, uh, I've had one setback. <laughs> tomorrow right? I go back to That's taking over point. the world. <laughs> yeah. We're upstairs in the shop and we see Julie walking with Peter and Jake is behind her. And she's carrying the plant monster costume. And Peter tells her that, I gotta tell you, when I saw that costume, I thought it was history. And Jake adds in, yeah, that was pretty cool, Jules. And Julie stops saying, and you know what that means? And they ask what? And she says, I got you last. April Fools. And we stay back <laughs> with Peter for a second, who kind of smiles. And, they ki- and then the kids walk out of the shop. And that's the end of the episode. Although we know that she and Jake are about to go get it on. Yeah. <laughs> right. I got to say, guys, there's a dead body in this <laughs> workshop. And it is awfully suspicious. <laughs> like, yeah. they... No questions asked. There's a skeletal corpse, and there's a grave that has been desecrated, and <laughs> it's not looking good for Mr. Doyle. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we definitely know that he's going to go to prison. He's a grave robber, and oh my god. Just, he's just like, I wonder what would happen if I put a corpse in a hot box. I don't know. <laughs> so he goes to prison, Julie and Jake hook up. What happens to Peter? Uh, hmm. Nothing. He just gets to live a boring life. Julie inherits plant shop. She was running it by herself anyway. Yeah, I want to. Can I change the name to Julie's plant shop? No. <laughs> yeah, that's his like wish. This is plant he's shop taken away by the police. <laughs> Don't change the name of my plant shop. As he gets Don't change anything. Fucking armored keep, car. Keep those hoses outside. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I like them. <laughs> Oh, at the campfire, Tucker and Andy think that that was a good one. And Tucker declares the meeting closed and dumps the water on the fire. 
Vance then stands up saying that she's going to go get that nest. And Megan tells her to wait and asks if she heard that. And we hear some buzzing noises and Tucker tells the gang that it's the fire. But Megan's all, no, it sounds like bees. And she runs away. Quinn follows yelling, the nest. Then Andy and Tucker run and finally Vange. And we see them run past some trees. And the camera lingers as someone yells, wait, that's where the nest is. And the kids scream and run back down the path. And Vange scream and she's sorry. And that's the end of the episode. We're done. That was a fun little Midnight Society bit. Yeah. Had nothing to do with the story, but. uh... (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A neat little gag. You could argue that the nest was dead and then these bees reanimated. I mean, you could. I wouldn't. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like the Midnight Society bits so far in season seven. I think they're pretty fun. How yeah. how would you make a Midnight Society bit that had something to do with this? Um, huh. Andy brings in a dead bird and he's like, I did it again, guys. I wish there was some way. <laughs> they find Andy like burying cats outside. <laughs> um, they order a pizza and the pizza delivery guy never comes to the Midnight Society meeting spot. You know, Megan orders food there the direction says the woods yeah she's a total caring about it too she's like do you know who i am i'm out here in the woods i demand service your website said 30 minutes it's been 30 minutes and 15 seconds and this is 2001 there's like five websites so (laughs) well what do you guys think is the moral of the story? It's don't uh, play with hornets' nests. That's a really good one. Yeah, we had hornets a couple like last month outside my garage. Oh no! What did and you like do? for weeks. The no, my mom got stuck a couple times. Oh, uh, she's fine. She walks with a limp now and sets off security <laughs> alarms. Well, she'll never get past the laser beam. <laughs> yeah. Shit. My room used to have bees in it, but now it doesn't. So I'm very thankful for that. I think that the real moral of the story is probably like, you know, if something dies, just like don't reanimate it into a zombie. Yeah. Necrophilia bad. (laughs) That's what they were trying to tell kids. (laughs) Like, hey, kids, don't fuck corpses. The more you know. (laughs) So, yeah, the tale of the reanimator. I think we could probably come up with a better name. Nah, we can't. But let's try anyway. (laughs) The the tale of H.P. Lovecraft's The Reanimator. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> right. The tale of Plant Cemetery. I like that one. That's good. And you'd have to spell everything wrong like they do in Pet Cemetery. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because they spell I'm cemetery I'm good at spelling with things S, right? wrong. Yeah, they mess up. Yeah. The tale of the tree zombie? Tale of spider zombie? I don't know. The tale of Ian Kazakhs? The tale of April Foolin'. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not April fooling around. <laughs> That's such a good line. You know the writer patted himself on the back. <laughs> it's a good line. I'm not gonna lie. I don't I hate it, but I love it so much more than I hate it, so it's goofy, but it's in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the tale of the laser beam. <laughs> I think that's about all I got though. Done talking about reanimator. Yeah. Do you want to find out what's next, Brandon? Yes, absolutely. The next episode that we're going to watch is The Tale of the Time Trap. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, it looks like this one is going to suck because it has an 8.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, so damn it. I know. Well, they can't all be winners. I think it has the high high rating because of a guest star. Okay, yeah. That might this break is... the uh, high rating, low rating. This is the jay baruchel episode of season seven it looks like and i already spoiled it for me so it's gonna be spoiled for you too it's the sardo episode of season seven okay you know what what i'm a little sick of jay baruchel just throwing that out there well i think this is the last episode he's in right yeah there's not that many episodes left so this is bill and ted with jay baruchel and sardo (laughs) as rufus got it who do you think is going to tell the tale of the time trap i think this one's pretty obvious. <laughs> I'm going to say Sardo episode, huh? This is Vange. Yeah, right. Uh, I think it was I think it's uh, clearly going to be Tucker. So, 
this is magic like Gary likes. <laughs> I've never met him, but this sounds like. <laughs> Would it be great if Tucker was like, I'm going to tell you guys a story. And then Gary just burst in. It was like, was no, really cool. I did not give you the intellectual copyright <laughs> to Sardo. <laughs> He is mine. <laughs> and then David comes in and he's like, remember that one time I stole Sardo? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You gave me a birthday present about... <laughs> the character that you created. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going to happen this time. It was a horrible episode. It's going to be Gary's birthday and Vange is going to be like, I got this story about this Sardo <laughs> character. <laughs> okay, what do you think the, the tale of the time trap is going to be about, Brandon? I already said. <laughs> well... I wasn't listening, apparently. <laughs> what did you, did you say? <laughs> I said it's Bill and Ted. Yeah. Oh, Bill and Ted, yeah. I think it's going to be like a time loop episode that they've already done a couple of times, but I'm okay with, so I'd like to see it again. I will say time, this. Time is um, fun. It's one of those horribly named episodes. Oh, no. So we don't know anything about it then. Yeah. when you're, oh. yeah, you're, I guarantee you're going to come up with better, better names for it. <laughs> Okay. We always do. <laughs> All right. Now I know why this was rated so high because it's secretly horrible. <laughs> all right. Well, that's about all we got for this episode. Thanks so much, Troy, for joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. I had a I had a blast. I love talking on you for the dark and chilling with you guys. It's a lot of fun. We have we have so much fun, guys. Yeah. You wouldn't even know. <laughs> you will never know, cut. right? <laughs> you won't be hearing half of this. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, this hopefully episode's going to be about 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got it down. Well, where can people find you on the internet? I know I, I will have a link, of course, to your blog and your movie. But uh, yeah, where can people find you on Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff? Uh, my Instagram and my Twitter is um, Troy H. Gardner. And um, I'm fairly active on Twitter. So I'll have, you know, links to movies and stuff like that. That's the best way. I just use Instagram to... to post my um are you afraid of the dark art oh yeah if you guys haven't checked out his art it's really good your t and tamara from the tale of the chameleons is so good i love it the the mood and the the emotions on them girls is <laughs> animated faces <laughs> just really good i love it thank you so i've been job. um i've been trying to get like um some of the artwork to reflect like the feel of the episode that one's like so a, perfect. An, an additional like layer of if I have time and what can I do. Um, next week's artwork for Tale of the Night Shift, I am pretty happy with. Oh, I can't wait. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I think we had a lot of fun today. And uh, I really liked uh, talking in the episode with you. Ditto. But that's all we got for you guys today. I'm, I've been up all night. I, I'm going back to sleep easy. It's Saturday. I'm out of here. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. I'm not April fooling around.